Welcome to the One for the Money podcast. I'm your host, Johnny West. I'm a certified financial planner, and here I will teach you the tips, tricks, and strategies I use to help others retire early. This is the easy button when it comes to early retirement. Everything you want or need to know is right here. I'm so glad you join us on the show. Welcome to episode 39 of the One for the Money podcast. I am very grateful you've taken the time to listen. This episode is airing in June, which is graduation season for many high school students. While we spend ample time, effort, and resources ensuring that our kids know the three R's, reading, writing, and arithmetic, far too many young adults, when they leave high school, go into the big, wide world not understanding personal finance. Decades ago, I was one of them. What these recent high school graduates know and believe about money will profoundly shape the course of their lives. It will impact their opportunities, their marriages, and their relationships with their own children, and even their relationship with us, their parents. In today's episode, I'll be providing information that will likely help your kids much more than Pythagorean's Theorem or Algebra. In the tips, tricks, and strategies portion, I will reshare a tip from way back in episode three, which is a simple math trick on understanding interest rates and rates of return. It's called the Rule of 72, a great tip to teach your kids. Well, thank you for listening. Now on with the show. We all want what's best for our children, and we want them to have a better life than we did. It's the remarkable selflessness of parenting. If this is true, it begs the question, what have we taught our kids about money? What they know and believe about money will profoundly shape the course of their lives. It will impact their opportunities, their marriages. It will impact their relationships with their own children and their relationship with us, their parents. There are sadly many families torn apart by a silly thing called money. The knowledge and belief our children have about money can empower them to greater things, but the lack thereof can create the conditions of predictable misery as the stats show. Nearly four in five American adults live paycheck to paycheck. 55% of American adults have revolving credit card debt, and 58% of American adults couldn't come up with $1,000 in case of an emergency. While these numbers are sad, the biggest impact money will have on their life will be through their relationships. After all, money is the leading cause of divorce. Take my family, for example. My late father was amazingly kind, deeply religious, and incredibly loving father and grandfather. He contributed greatly to his community through selfless acts of service. My mother is an amazingly kind, deeply religious, and incredibly loving mother and grandmother, and contributes greatly to her community through selfless acts of service. Yet, after 25 years of marriage, they divorced mostly because they couldn't communicate about money. Both were raised with different philosophies regarding money, and they could never discuss these differences. There was a lot of stress and heartache that preceded my parents' divorce, and I believe that if they had talked about money previously with their own parents, it would have been easier for them to talk about it with each other. Maybe it wouldn't have saved their marriage, but it certainly would have decreased the stress and heartache. 
Now, I wonder how can we expect our kids to speak to their spouses about money if we haven't had these conversations with them first? In addition to better relationships with their family, our kids will have more opportunity, more choices, and really more freedom to control their destiny if they understand money. They will create more wealth through the miraculous power of compound interest and spend less money on interest. Take the following two examples. The first is about less interest paid. Individual A buys a home for $500,000 with $100,000 down and has a $400,000 30-year mortgage. Let's assume they understood money, have excellent credit, and secured a 4.5% mortgage rate. Individual B bought the same home and for the same price with the same down payment with the same 30-year mortgage. However, individual B failed to understand the consequences of not paying off the credit card used in college to finance their fund and secures a mortgage with a 6% interest rate instead. Individual A would have a monthly mortgage payment of $2,025, but individual B would have a monthly mortgage payment of around $2,400. Over the course of the loan, individual B would end up paying an extra $135,000 for the exact same house with the exact same down payment with the exact same duration of mortgage. The additional $375 a month that individual A isn't paying in interest can be used to fund their retirement, furnish their home, save for their kids' college, or be used to see more of this beautiful world. If they chose to invest this money and earned an 8% average rate of return at the end of the 30-year mortgage, they'd have just over $509,000 more than individual B. That's the power of understanding money. I distinctly remember credit card companies on my college campus offering a free sweater if I signed up for a credit card. Not a great exchange as it's often a free sweater for a lifetime of higher interest payments. Just how expensive is that free sweater for people? I teach financial literacy classes and they are always gobsmacked by what happens when all you do is make the minimum payment with a large balance on a credit card. I suspect you will be equally shocked as well. Here are the details. A person has $10,000 of debt on a credit card, and it is currently charged at 17%. The minimum payment is $142 per month, and that payment is made faithfully each month. After one month, $142 is paid, and the balance would be now $9,858. Then 17% interest rate is applied to the remaining balance, And so your balance is now $9,999. So that's right. You just paid $142, but your balance only went down by one. After two months and another $142 paid, your balance would be $9,857. But then the interest rate is applied and your balance will only be $9,998. It's just gone down by two. After one year, you've paid over $1,700 and the balance will have only decreased by $5. You would still owe $9,995. After 10 years and $17,000 paid, your balance would still be over $9,500. It would take 36 years and over $61,000 paid. Finally, get a balance of $0 if all you ever did was make 
the minimum monthly payment. As I tell my students, those that understand interest earn it. Those that don't pay it and those that are filthy rich own a credit card company and charge others a huge amount of interest to borrow money they don't have to buy things they most likely don't need. Another example my financial literacy students are astounded by is the power of compound interest. It's what Albert Einstein calls the strongest force in the universe. If our children understood the power of saving early, it can have a remarkable effect. Let's say starting at age 25, your child starts investing $5,000 a year until age 35, so $50,000 in total. If they earned a 7% average rate of return, that $50,000 investment would grow to over $560,000 at age 65, even though they stopped contributing at age 35. Now, let's say a less knowledgeable person waited until age 35 to start investing, but invested $5,000 a year until age 65. So they saved from 35 until 65, so a total of $150,000 because they've saved $5,000 a year for 30 years. And they earned the same average rate of return of 7%. They would only have $505,000 at age 65. Even though they invested three times as much, they would have less money because of the delay. What a difference it could make for our children's future if we taught them these principles. Now, one of the things we should teach our kids about money will surprise you. The thing which we should teach them about are our mistakes that we've made about money. Tell them the mistakes you have made. I shared about the time with my kids, uh, how shortly after college when I borrowed money from a credit card or before college when I purchased a vehicle I really couldn't afford, or about an emotional stock market investment and a sale I had made as well. Now, my boys will likely learn more from my don'ts than my do's. A few years ago, I read an article in Barron's regarding family conversations about money. The discussion was for ultra-high net worth families, those with a net worth of more than $250 million. But the truths contained therein are applicable to all of us. Here are some of the highlights. Values determined how we manage our time and money. Without an understanding of values, you can't really make great choices, so said Jim Grubman, a family wealth psychologist. Teaching children the value of a dollar or the satisfaction of earning and saving money requires conscious and sometimes heroic efforts as anyone who has said no to a screaming child can understand. The goal shouldn't be for everyone to have the same values. Rather, families can use these values to find common ground and ground rules for decisions. For example, a family may talk about the principles of lifelong learning or hard work, but how individuals apply these can differ based on their own values. The real question is, what have we taught our kids about budgeting, taxes, investing, social security, Medicare, saving for retirement, etc.? If we haven't taught them, who will? What mistakes will they make and what pains could we have them avoid? I'll add that while most parents want their kids to have a better life than they had, We often don't teach them the principles required to achieve it. I offer a service to my clients to teach their children about the financial fundamentals of building wealth. Many have taken me up on the offer to discuss the principles of budgeting, discipline, saving, investing, taxes, and compound wealth with their children. I am certainly no substitute for what parents can teach their children, but I'm happy to augment these efforts. I'll conclude with a quote I shared in my classes. Poverty is not just a lack of 
money. It is not having the capability to realize one's full potential as a human being. Well, thank you for listening. Now on to the tips, tricks, and strategies portion of the podcast. Welcome to today's tips, tricks, and strategies portion of the podcast, where I will share a tip called the Rule of 72. As a certified financial planner, one of my main goals is to help clients and their children make sense of the financial world. I find that when they understand finances, they make the best decisions wherever their life and money intersect. With this greater understanding, we can put together a plan so their life unfolds the way we want it to. One of the most important things people can understand about finances is interest. As I mentioned earlier in this episode, those that understand interest earn it, and those that don't pay it. Fortunately, there is a really simple math trick called the Rule of 72 that can help us understand how interest rates can impact our finances from both an investment and debt perspective. Below is a brief explanation of the rule. The Rule of 72 is a simple way to determine how long an investment will take to double given a fixed annual rate of interest. By dividing 72 by the annual rate of return, investors obtain a rough estimate of how many years it will take for an initial investment to double. Put more simply, you divide 72 by what your increase is, and it'll tell you how long it'll take for that investment to double. For example, the rule of 72 states that $1,000 invested at an annual fixed interest rate of 10%, it would take 7.2 years for that $1,000 to grow to $2,000. Because you divide 72 by that 10% a year, and you would get the number 7.2. Now, in reality, a 10% investment will take 7.3 years to double, according to the compound interest formula. But the rule of 72 is reasonably accurate for rates of return below 20%. Now, the rule of 72 is a powerful means for anyone that can do simple division to understand interest, which is integral to understanding finances. I'll go through a few examples that can show why this can be so helpful. Now let's look at inflation. Inflation is simply the small increase in prices of goods and services over time. Of course, recently those increases have been more than just small. Now we see this manifested in gasoline prices, milk, chocolate bars, surfboards, etc., and all of which have increased in price since we were younger. Over the last 50 years, the average annual price increase on goods and services was 3.22%. At that rate, we know that prices will double every 22.36 years because we divided 72 by 3.22%. Of course, recently, inflation is much higher than that. All the more reason to better understand why we need to have investments that at the very least keep up with inflation. A great example of that is manifested in why cash isn't king. People like having cash in the bank as one has immediate access to it, and it doesn't go down in value. But that comes at a price. The national average of interest that people receive on deposits in their bank account is very low, and it's far higher if you used an online bank. You should really listen to episode 32 of this podcast where I go into this in more detail. Now, many major banks whose name you would know are paying just 0.15% interest or less on deposits. And the rule of 72 shows us that it would take 
480 years for our money to double at that 0.15% interest rate. Clearly, we do not want a significant amount of our investments in cash, or at least not in low-yielding savings or checkings accounts, because it can't keep up with the general price increases that we'll have with inflation. Earlier, I spoke about credit cards and the interest rates they charge can have a significant impact for our children. They are currently averaging 20.92% per year. At that rate, account balances will double every 3.4 years. For example, $1,000 owed becomes $2,000 owed in just 3.4 years and becomes $8,000 owed in just under seven years. We need to avoid credit card debt at all costs literally, and teach our kids this rule so they will too. Now, since 1926, large stocks have returned an average of 10% per year. Long-term government bonds have returned between 5 and 6%, according to the investment researcher Morningstar. With the rule of 72, you can see why it is important that you want to ensure you incorporate stocks and bonds as part of your investment portfolio, and that for longer-term investments, 10 years or greater, you'll want to include a higher proportion of stocks. Additionally, this teaches you that the earlier you start investing, the more times your money has a chance to double. For example, you will have twice as much money at age 65 if you start saving at age 25 than you would if you waited until age 35. And you would have four times as much if you waited until age 45. You know, as you can see, a simple formula can help understand our finances So when our respective lives intersect with money, we can use the rule of 72 to make a choice that benefits us over the long term. Well, again, I hope you found this helpful. And remember, a better life is a result of better planning. Have a great one. Thank you for listening. And until next time, remember that no one builds wealth by accident. If you want to learn more about how to build wealth to retire early, head on over to my website at betterplanningbetterlife.com. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. There is no assurance that the techniques and strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. The purchase of certain securities may be required to affect some of the strategies. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal, Economic forecasts set forth may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee that strategies promoted will be successful. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Individual tax and legal matters should be discussed with your tax or legal professional. Johnny West is a registered representative with and securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC.